bollocks. Hello and welcome to Unclassical. I think it's important that everyone knows that when we do that big introduction, I have to do it fully so my arm will fling out, big smile, <laughs> as if you're all here watching. And you're not. They're all here with us. I'm Marsha. Uh, the lonely person over there is Katie. Uh, by myself. <laughs> anyway, we are jumping right back in with the lovely ladies from Little Women. So last week we left it that um, Meg was like sending a letter to John Brooks, wasn't she? And her mother was like, oh, she doesn't love him. She will learn. She'll learn too. Um, Beth pulled through the fever. Father's still away, uh, presumably dying or stabilised. Well, (laughs) Marmy seems pretty chill at home at the moment, so... She's very chill and um, she doesn't go like back out to him. So <laughs> I'm guessing he's all yeah, right. He's... Just not well enough to travel. Yeah. They're all at home. Um, they're, they're actually doing all right at the That's moment. That's nice. And um, this is just nice. This, this is nice. nice. Having a um, Meg is... time. Joe thinks Meg is starting to fall in love with John Brooks because um, she's being all twittery. And she, um, do you remember she's like. She's twitterpated. Uh, she's twitterpated. <laughs> do you remember the um, song he originally translated to her like ages ago when um, he stole her glove? Um, no. Oh, so he sent her like the German translation of a oh, song. Yeah, yeah. She keeps singing oh, it. Yeah, well, fucking loser. Yeah, fucking loser. Um, okay, now this bit is so cringe, but it's so funny. So basically, um, Meg comes out and is like, oh, I'm all like, you know. F- fucked over and what to do mummy help me and her mum's like what the fuck and basically Meg says she received a love letter from Mr Brooks that basically was him like declaring his undying love for her and um she was like oh my god you know this is a bit too much and so she replied with um you know that's very very lovely but you know um it's a bit intense I'm too young and if you do really feel that way you shouldn't be talking to me you should be talking to my father like Ah, oh, the old um, views of romance. Yeah, like, well, if you're, if, don't come on to me. Come on to my dad. Come on to my dad, and then he'll let you know if he's in, if he's okay with it. And if he is, regardless of my feelings, we'll get it on. We'll get it on. Um, yeah. So she's um, sent that to him, and uh, he's replied, being like, "Thank you very much for um, your letter, and I'll bear that in mind." I never sent you a letter about being in love with you. Oh dear. <laughs> And she's like, I shouldn't have replied to that first message, mummy. I should have, like, come to you and, like, you know, we should have discussed it. And now I have to kill myself. I mean, you do. <laughs> you do have This to is why I couldn't be a parent, because I'd be like, to be fair, you have fucked any chance. But it's really funny. And in 10 years' time, you will think it's funny. So don't kill yourself. But you, you probably will. should. <laughs> you will laugh on this. Anyway, Jo um, gets hold of the letters and she's like, this is Laurie's doing. It's got like, and also the nature of the joke, it's got something to do with Laurie for sure. And um, she's like, let me see both these letters. She was like, they've both got the same hand. She was like, I don't think Mr. Brooks has seen either of these letters. I think it's Laurie being a cunt. And um, so Marmy's like, bring that Lawrence boy here. Laurie? <laughs> Come on, I mean, admittedly, I understand. I mean, funny. funny and I, really, really funny. funny. Like, imagine trying to turn him off. Like, so firstly, Laurie, funny. And then, but it's really, funny. you shouldn't do I mean, it was really funny. But anyway, anyway, you know what? Just ha- shake my hand. You, you did real good. Shake my hand. <laughs> well, it says that, um, so Meg and Joe leave Laurie and Mommy in like the study and they talk for like half an hour with voices like raising and going up and down. Like, so she's like, you can't do that to my daughters. But it was funny, admittedly. But no. Admittedly, <laughs> hilarious. I did nearly die laughing. <laughs> I think I've got an aneurysm from trying to keep a straight face. Banter. I know, I know. you're hilarious. Here, have a humbug. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> So, but yeah, uh, eventually, um, Marmy's like, you can come in. And Laurie's like, um, yeah, Mr. Brooks hasn't seen any of that. So, you know, I- I'll never mention this to him and um, everything's fine. And um, Meg's like, you fucking little dick. <laughs> but, but all right. But in but, the, like, the next um, chapter, like, just because he loves to watch the world. But Joe's like, he's done this just so he can, like, you know, come and tell me about what you've written in your reply. And so we can both just piss at it. But it's not fucking funny. It is. <laughs> it is funny. It's mean, but funny. <laughs> Imagine if Meg had a sense of humour and Joe says that to her, like, it's not funny. Like, it is, though, Joe. Like, to be fair, <laughs> it is that hilarious. is really funny. <laughs> it's a I laugh. I think I had to kill myself. It's a it's laugh. It's just a laugh. <laughs> I'll just do it. So, um, uh yeah after this um joe's like laurie 
the fuck's up with you, man? Like, it was a laugh. <laughs> it was a laugh, Joe. And he's like, look, Joe, it would just be really funny if we could just run away together and have fun. And, Lo- and Joe's like, admittedly, Laurie, that would be great, but I'm a miserable girl and I must be proper and stop at home. No, like, oh. what if Laurie? I, don't, I mean, don't, because Laurie's a bit of a prick, but... I mean, that's yeah. funny. It would be funny. You'd have a Imagine laugh. Imagine if it was like modern day and Joe and Laurie went on like a gap year together. Gap year. Um, but, you know, they're both like rich. He would like pay for more. After a little while, Joe would be like, I don't feel about you that way. So they'd just be like wingmanning each other. They would have such a laugh. They would have a laugh. It would be amazing. It would be amazing. So um, Christmas again. Oh, Yay! <laughs> and they, um, they've heard that Mr. March is doing quite well and he should be home in the new year. So like, brilliant. And uh, then they hear a knock at the door. <gasps> And there's a queer, breathless voice, and Laurie sticks his head round. He goes, "Here's another present for the March family." <laughs> that sounded really menacing. <laughs> and he comes here with a machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> you did find my joke funny. Laugh at this. To be fair, again, Laurie, <laughs> this one's not as funny as the letters, but it is still a bit funny. <laughs> Still, I, I'm still twitching, still laughing slightly. Yeah. So um, no, um, the door opens wider and it's Mr. Brooks like helping uh, Mr. March in through the door, and um, he's home and everyone just kind of like loses their shit, so, and, like throws themselves. Do they call, so the fact that Mummy becomes Marmy, do they call him Darty? Yeah. Darty's home. Papa and father. Uh. Papa and father. Papa. Um, Papa. So yeah, it's all chaos. Um, Joe disgraced herself by nearly fainting away. I like it's not just fainting, just like fades away. <laughs> like, ceases to exist. When you said like Joe disgraced herself, like, I mean, because if someone faints, it's not that disgraceful. It's like, oh, are you okay? But you know, I thought yeah. she shat herself. <laughs> <laughs> Joe shat on the carpet. Fuck's sake, Joe. <laughs> like, I wasn't expecting him. <gasps> I just read the next line I'd forgotten about. I'm excited. Um, Joe disgraced herself by nearly fainting away and had to be doctored by Laurie in a china closet. Um. <laughs> There's not a lot of room in a china closet. Mm, why the china? I must look after you, Joe, in this closet now. <laughs> uh, also, I just laughed at that. No, it sounds rapey because Joe doesn't like Laurie that way. Let me take you into this closet. I mean, when she's unconscious! No! Okay, we needed to focus more on that. Um, what's your name, Louisa May Alcott? Yeah. fucking hell. I okay, mean, this got very dark. I mean, so let's because obviously things just get re- mistranslated in old old timey writing. Let's let's hope that <laughs> um, that just means that she got taken out to, like the parlor by Laurie and sat down, got a glass of water, crust of bread, to, you know. <laughs> crust of water, glass of bread. Yeah, it wasn't. He he wasn't very good at playing nurse. Although, men taking liberties, Mr. Brooke kissed Meg entirely by mistake. <laughs> I was so overcome, Meg, and I, I kissed you. But you don't, everyone. you can't kiss someone by mistake. That's no, everyone fucking calm down. That's not a and, thing. Um, also, can all the fucking horny men back off trying to say hi to my dad? Literally, all just cracking in there. Yeah, like, um, oh, They're hi. all hugging. Like, <laughs> they're all having a big hug, and then suddenly Mommy's like, shit, Beth's not here. We should probably invite her. <laughs> she's like dying upstairs i hear joy up downstairs literally uh, like at that point the door opens and like this little like figure comes in all in a blanket like father father <laughs> and he's like ew 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 don't let it touch me don't let it touch me it's so gross she is gross we're so, so mean we are mean um what well, i think they're fucking mean do you know what they do after they've all been hugging him what they give him a cup of beef tea that's that's fucking rude. Do you know what? I was thinking about this yesterday. So, like, gravy. Whenever, yeah, whenever Ross has a funny tummy, his mum's always like, have a cup of Bovril. Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking about yesterday. I was like, next time I'm going to have a real issue with this. <laughs> like, <'cause it's>, what? <laughs> that's not going to help. I don't Bovril. really understand. I, I mean, oh, I understand Bovril as a gravy. That's fine. Yeah. But that's it. Have a cup of gravy. Or oh, shit, weak gravy. I've never... Like, under- anyway. And also really salty. Like... Yeah. Hi. I mean, I suppose you have, like, um, that Andrew's salt stuff when you have a funny tummy, but still. Oh, that shit's good. Good gravy. <laughs> it's all salty. Just give me pure salt in a glass. Fizzy salt. But it's like... <laughs> it's it is good. Kind of not spicy, but it's just the acid level. Salty like. good. It's good. I like that shit. <laughs> it's good. I used to like just drinking Andrew. It's fun to just get a spoon of it and just stick your tongue and they're like, oh, feel that sizzle. <sighs> yeah. Okay, I feel like we've got very niche now. 
<laughs> I, want, like this. I want someone to message us and let us know if they also like Andrews and just stick in their tongue in it. Stick in anyway. your tongue in Andrew. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> anyone else been tonguing Andrew lately? Mm. <laughs> so um, Mr. March notices that Meg's hands now are all like burnt and hardened. Ew. And um, do you remember at the start of the book, like she was very vain, it said, about her pale, soft hands. Yeah. And he says um, they're much prettier now than when he left and they were white and smooth. And he values her womanly skill. Uh, Wait, who's saying this? Keeping, uh, her father to her. He's like, oh, your hands are all calloused. Sexy. Such womanly skill keeping the home going. Oh, I much prefer this than your white hands and your fashionable accomplishments. He's like, thanks. To be fair, dads do love a backhanded compliment. <laughs> oh my God, they fucking do. You're looking fat. I mean, it's healthy, but fat. A bit fat. <laughs> so problematic at so many levels. My favourite, I think we've said this before on the podcast, but um, our sister was uh, talking about being single and stuff and um did she say that she was worried she was going to die alone <laughs> and then our dad's response was we all die alone <laughs> <laughs> so comforting i mean to be fair in some ways it is it's like well if you put it that way it's no point striving is there like, we all die alone <laughs> what a wise man what a wise positive man I do love it when he just doesn't deliver the like the comforting words you expect like well, we all die alone like <laughs> thanks cheers yeah if you ever want to be comforted don't go to our dad unless you're looking for a laugh because he'll he'll say yeah. the wrong thing and it, a laugh and a cry it will, it will be funny it will it will piss you off <gasps> in the moment but it's funny what I just read the next bit. So, um, yeah, they're all happy that father's back. Some time elapses. Um, so Mr. Brooke has come round to get his umbrella and just to have, like, a, gen- a general catch-up with Mr. March because, like, you know, they were together wherever Mr. March was in hospital for ages. What? And, um, uh, Meg off, Mr. Brooke. You're annoying me. <laughs> he's, like, made himself indispensable to the family. You know, he's, he's always creepy. On... <laughs> yeah, definitely. And Joe's, like, straight-up creepy bro. Um, so before this, Joe and Meg have been having, like, a little bit of a chat. I haven't made many notes on it, but it's basically... Um, Joe's like, oh my god, if he comes round to us like, I love you, Meg, you're going to be all like, <laughs> I love you too. And Meg's like, no, I shan't. I should be like, I'm too young for all of this. I don't know if I even like you. Back off. And Joe's like, that would be fucking hilarious. That would be the best <laughs> like, to do that. Like, do it. And Meg's like, I will. And she's like, good. And then Mr. Brooks knocks on the door and Meg's like, oh, Mr. Brooks. Oh, Mr. Brooks, I'm like, let's just suck on my cheek. So she gets all um, flustered. Oh yeah, he's like, um, oh yeah, I just came round to um, get my umbrella and to see your dad. And she Meg gets all flustered and she goes, um, oh yes, he's in the rack i'll get it instead of saying it's in the rack i'll get him <laughs> like oh meg you silly oh silly sausage megan <laughs> that's not even dog. her name is it megan what's her name margaret margaret oh, annoys me and um so she runs off to go get her dad she's all like flustered and scared weird um love, that's exactly what you want with like your future potential husband coming in being scared fear and um yeah, fear. And um, Mr. Brooks is like, don't run away. Uh. I won't trouble you. I only want to know if you care for me a little, Meg. I love you so much, dear. Gross. Fucking intense. Like, and um, you, A minute ago you said you wanted an umbrella. Like, yeah. and now you're saying you love me. <laughs> that's, that's quite a jump. Yeah, and I ran away and you like wanted to know if I love you. So her response is like, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And, and um, the fact that, you know, she's non-committal, he's like, well, you know, that, that's a win in my Give us some slack and reel her in. Give us some slack and reel her in. It's not so, a um, thing. he smiles to himself. Well, he kind of like smiles, like so he's like quite satisfied. Ew. And he like presses her plump little hand gratefully and says in his most persuasive tone, will you try and find out? I want to know so much, for I can't go to work with any heart until I learn whether I am to have my reward at the end or not. Fucking creepy. My reward. My delicious pudding. Beat him to death with his own umbrella. Yeah, disgusting. And um, Meg basically comes back to the point like, I think I'm just a bit too young for all these conversations. Um, And he's like, oh, wait, Meg. Gross. Uh, That's not my burden. If you want to be alone, that's that's on you. And I think that is on you because you're intense and scary. His next bit is he's like, "Um, I'll I'll wait. And in the meantime, you can learn to like me. Is that a very hard lesson? Yes, you're scary. <laughs> Meg has a pretty like, good response. She's like, it's not hard if I choose to learn it. I don't know if I'm going to choose to learn it yet. <laughs> I don't know if it's got a name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if anyone didn't get that, this is my new favourite thing. I'm staring at my boyfriend and he goes, what are you looking at? And I go, I don't think it's got a name. <laughs> it's... 
it's an oldie, but oh my god, it's it's brilliant. <laughs> this is what lockdown zero point three has done to us. <laughs> zero point three, just four point three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> full three. Um, so um, um, he's like, please learn it. Fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, oh God, he says, remember he's a teacher. So he's like, please choose to learn, Meg. I love to teach. And this is easier than German. <laughs> I mean, so I mean that is really gross, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'd much rather teach you to love me than teach you German. <laughs> like, that's such a fucking teacher um, hit line. Joke. What is, what's the word? Pick up, Pick line. up line, yeah. Such a fucking yeah. t-shirt. What's your cardigan made of? It's a fucking boyfriend material. <laughs> Literally. But Meg notices he's kind of smiling, like, I'll teach you. And she thinks he kind of looks like he knows that he's like, she's in the bag, we're going to be together, brilliant. And this really pisses her off. Yeah. So, she, so she's like, I don't choose. Please go away and let me be. Um... Like, yes, Meg, go. But it's not framed as though she's being like, you know what? You're way too full of yourself. Just fuck off, give me some space. Don't fucking like you. It's yeah. kind of framed that she's like, oh, he's got all the power right now. And um, it says Annie Moffat's foolish lessons in coquetry came into her mind and the love of power, which sleeps in the bottoms of the best of little women. In, in, in like, you know, the pit of them, not in their bottoms. <laughs> I don't know. That's where I keep my power. <laughs> I keep it all backed up there. Um, but it's also just sort of like, it's so fucking misogynistic. Like, women must learn they don't have power. And literally. the woman says no, she's only doing it to play games. So just keep on pursuing her. Like, no, this is why people don't understand that no means no. And women fucking deserve power. Beat them yeah. up. Not That's beat the women it. up. Don't beat the women up. Beat the people up who still have these archaic beliefs. Yeah, so she says, like, this longing for power woke up all of a sudden and took possession of her. She felt excited and strange, and not knowing what else to do, followed a capricious impulse and withdrawing her hands, <clears throat> said petulantly, I don't choose. So, yeah, it's all just about playing games. And not and just, like, and uh, playing for power, which women shouldn't have, apparently. Yes, you shouldn't do that, because it's foolish. Yeah, foolish lessons in coquetry. Coquetry? Coquetry? Mm. Um, I kind of know what it Cock. means, but, um, I don't know how to pronounce it because it's a really old word. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it says poor Mr. Brooke looked as if his lovely castle in the air was tumbling about his ears. Oh, poor Good. Mr. Brooke. He's Mr. not going to get his engine. He's not going to get the little, look, the, the lady who's literally a fucking child and he's yeah. a teacher. Like, I think we need to have a conversation. The fact that I'm saying I'm too young and you're saying, well, I'm a teacher. Like, that is... That- that, that is help. large. That does not help. If anything, it makes it a lot worse. Yeah. Anyway, at this point, Aunt March comes round because, well, that's what Aunt March does. Fair <laughs> she enough. Just in. And um, she's like, why are you on your own with a man? Like, this shit isn't right. Like, where are your parents? And so they send Mr. Brooke out the room. And Meg's like, um, oh, he's just a friend of father's. I'm so surprised to see you. And Aunt March is like, that's evident. Like, what have you been up to, young lady? And um, and she's like, but what is father's friend saying to make you look like a peony? There is mischief going on, and I insist upon knowing what it is. Also, I don't like. Right. She's like protecting, like her own. Like, just give me the fucking goss. What's going on? Yeah, like, look, I give a fuck about what's going on. I just want to know because I'm lazy. So, in a nutshell, um, Aunt Marge gets March. Fuck's sake, gets the measure of the situation and kind of. And she's like, that John Brooks. He's a really poor one, isn't he? And um, she says, and if you get married to this cook, because I presume she doesn't like cooks, <laughs> and it's like, he's actually a tutor. Whatever, the fucking Whatever. cook. Whatever. <laughs> like, cook, Brooke, same thing. Same thing. If um, you get married to him, you won't get a penny of my money. And uh, you should remember that and be a nice, sensible girl. And as we know, Meg only exists to antagonise people and play games. <laughs> so, Obviously. Upon being told this, she immediately makes up her mind, well, if you don't want me to like him, then I'll damn well like him. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, in that situation, like, don't, he's poor, you can't like him for that. Like, it wasn't that. I don't like him because he's creepy. Yeah, he's really creepy. But no, I think he's kind of hot. So, well, um, but she's put it like that. It's kind of fit. Forbidden fruit. Hmm. So she says Sexy. she'll marry whoever she pleases and the Aunt March can keep her money. And um, It's annoying because she has such good, like, powerful lines, but it's just not <laughs> coming from the right place. I know. You're like, oh, swing of a fucking miss. Yeah. Um, to which Aunt March says, Heighty tighty, is that the way you take my advice, miss? You'll be sorry for it by and by when you tried to love in a cottage and found a failure. Like, 
you're yeah you won't get by i mean you won't like being poor i'm sure you can bang as well in a cottage as you can in a castle meg says that um well mother and father like john and aunt march says your parents my dear have no more worldly wisdom than two babies <laughs> right? Funny. <laughs> and then um Meg makes this speech that she basically says she won't need any money because she's been poor for a while now and she's been happy so far. And I know I shall be happy with him because he loves me and I... And at this point, she remembers he's literally just outside the door and uh, he can probably hear all of this. (laughs) Sorry, so they just pushed him out of the house and he didn't leave? I think he's in the corridor. They're like, she's like, let me talk to my niece. And he's like, okay, let me listen. I left him and started like miming listening. I was like, this is a podcast. Like, listen. We do that. I do that so much when you'll say something and I just sort of like nod or smile. And I'm like, I have yeah. to vocalize. <laughs> Let's see what's going on. Um, or hear what's going on. Yeah. So um yeah, she kind of cuts herself short before she's about to say, and I love him. And does he just burst in like, Meg, Meg, I love you too. I know. I know, you weren't subtle. You, I, well, no, obviously not. Um no. Ma- Aunt March is basically like, fuck the both of years. I'm not staying to listen to this tape and um, goes off. And then as Aunt March is leaving, because obviously yeah. he's not going to come in with Aunt March, she's like, she's scary. You know? yeah. <laughs> uh, let Meg uh, deal with that one on her own. Yeah. So John reappears and he's like, thank you so much for defending me. So <laughs> you like me then? And Meg is like, I didn't realise how much I liked you until she started abusing you. And then, oh my God, I couldn't handle it. I love you. and then it cuts so joe comes in uh to see the aforesaid enemy serenely sitting on the sofa with the strong-minded sister enthroned upon his knee and wearing an expression of the most abject submission ew like a little puppy and he's there like i have had my reward yeah and also i mean Obviously, you're allowed to sit on your boyfriend's lap, but in terms of like the time and stuff, why are you sitting on his fucking lap? You're not married. You haven't got a chaperone there. Get up. Yeah, get up. <laughs> so let's see. And uh, then Joe um, goes <laughs> running upstairs to Beth and Amy, and she goes, "Oh, do somebody go down quick? John Brooke is acting dreadfully, and Meg likes it." <laughs> <laughs> Quick, Amy, shit on the floor. <laughs> Quickly. Um, Beth and Amy are just kind of like, they're like, you know, nice little girls and they like marriage. And they're like, oh, that, that sounds really nice. Oh, how interesting. There'll be a wedding. Oh, we like it. And Joe's like, you're all fucking shit. So she runs up into the attic and confides her troubles to the rats. <laughs> <laughs> what? Joe, we need to have a talk. I like as well, it's rats now. She's got more than one. She's been breeding them. <laughs> They're all I have in the world. I'm just like, is Joe all right? Yeah, she'll just be talking to her rats. What? Just, just leave it, John. Like, what? I feel, do you not think we should call someone for her? Nah, nah, it's all right. It's all right. Like, it's not anyone. All the stick Beth gets. Like, can we just come back to the fact that Joe has actual fucking rat friends? <laughs> in which she confides her trouble, her troubles and then fucking romps with. It's so weird. Like, so, do they have proper fisticuff battles? Did you just do, punch a rat? Do they, do they like, power ranger up and join forces to make a mega rat? Oh my god, because Laurie fancies Joe. He just comes in and sees her, like, canoodling with a rat human. Like, <laughs> like all these rats that have made fun. He's like, what the fuck, Joe? He's like, Joe? I don't, I, I, I'm out. I, I don't even I, want to be friends anymore. No, I, I'm so out, I'm so out. So um, they kind of split the book here and they wrap it up and Joe, um, Joe is talking to Laurie and she's like, it's going to be very hard for me to give up Meg. Again, all about Joe. Yeah. <laughs> and Laurie um, is like, wouldn't you like to take, oh, and Me- uh, Meg is still 17. So even though she's kind of engaged to Mr. Brooke now, she can't get married till she's 20. That's the agreement. So Laurie is like, wouldn't you like to take a look into the future three years and see what's going on there? i.e. when they'll be getting married and joe's like i'm not sure everyone's very happy here and um, meg will obviously be getting married then so no no no, i don't like it and um then it says so uh the curtain falls upon meg joe beth and amy whether it rises again depends on the reception given to the first act of the domestic drama called little women so it's basically like and i don't know if we'll be coming back because uh is anyone gonna fucking pay me (laughs) is anyone gonna pay me to be fair for a woman in her time apt 
Apt, apt. Like, lose it on a cliffhanger. Like, do you want to know what happens to Becca, uh, Beth and... Uh, not Beth. Meg and Mr. Brooks? Well, give me some fucking dollar. Yeah, to be fair. That's very smart. sensible. It's very smart. You're thinking smart. You're thinking smart. Well, well done. Well done, Louisa. Um, and if you're enjoying this, fucking pay up! <laughs> so, uh, the next... Part of the book starts, and I just love it. The chapter's called Gossip because, like, it's been three years. Let's have a catch up. <laughs> like, yeah, amazing. Amazing. What's the goss? Spill all. Spill that tea. <laughs> the war's officially over now. Meg has spent the last three years basically training to be a housewife. Amazing. Mm. Great. Amy is now Aunt March's um, companion instead of Joe because um, obviously she went to go stay there with the Scarlet Fever stuff, and Aunt March was like, uh, "I like Amy a lot more than you," and Joe was like, "Fucking great." So um, <laughs> Joe's <laughs> Joe's been focusing on her books. Beth remains delicate, even though it's been ages since she's had the fever. She's just never really gotten back to full health. And everyone's like, ugh, foreboding. Uh, Laurie went off to college to please his grandfather, but it's kind of coasting through, like, not working that hard. Dancing through life, dancing Literally. through life. Okay, yeah, now this is a paragraph about um, Laurie at college, and I think it just completely, like, sums up white, white male privilege, but it's also a bit fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> Being only a glorious human boy, of course he frolicked, flirted, grew dandified, aquatic. He, he became aquatic? He, he, he became a fish? <laughs> she says aquatic. Laurie's <laughs> a fish? <laughs> so Laurie's a fish now. Laurie's um, a fish. They always have to have him in a bowl. <laughs> grew dandified, aquatic, sentimental, or gymnastic, as college fashions ordained. Oh, I remember that college fashion when we all became fish. <laughs> remember that? Hey, do you remember that weird time in college? Yeah, when we all became fish. Oh yeah, that was weird. <laughs> that was really weird. Fashion. fashion. <laughs> fish fashion. <laughs> hazed and was hazed, talked slang, and more than once became perilously near suspension and expulsion. <gasps> but his high spirits and the love of fun were the causes of these pranks. He always managed to save himself by frank confession, honourable atonement. He always managed to save himself by being a wealthy white guy. Literally, by frank confession, honourable atonement, or the irresistible power of persuasion which he possessed in, uh, in perfection. White, white, white. You know, do all this horrible shit like, I'm sorry or oh, it wasn't even that bad I'm like, oh you white man come back to college i will i will i, I will and i'll do more yeah because i'm just I, it comes from a good place i'm just a bit of a bastard <laughs> like, oh, please do excuse me I'm just, I'm just a bit of a turd but but don't i say it funnily don't you want to enjoy it so why don't you just let me get away with it friend like oh, yeah friend. Oh, college friend <sighs> yeah yeah, so he can get away with anything because he's only looking to have a good time. Fuck oh, he would so be a college rapist. Oh, sorry, maybe that's mean for Laurie. But he's got that kind of. He'd be friends with them, and he'd be like, "Oh, he he's would. just having a good time. Don't ruin his don't ruin his aquatic career." Yeah, <gasps> he's a good fish. He's, he's friends very... with Brock Turner. Yeah, that's what I mean. Fucking his friends with Brock Turner. That's what being aquatic means. Fucking. Makes being a fucking rapist fish. Yeah. Anyway, Laurie oh, keeps bringing mates back, which now we have serious doubts about. And Amy is older now and is quite considered the belle among them. So, <clears throat> sexy little girl. <laughs> sexy little girl. So, um, Laurie and Joe are having a chat and Joe's saying how she'll never get married. And Laurie's like, you'll be next. Mark my words. Yeah. Like, fucking threatening. Why is it scary? Meg's getting married to John and it's the wedding day. Woo! <laughs> and it says, the moment Meg was fairly married, she cried, the first kiss for Marmy, and turning, gave it with her heart on her lips. That's weird. That is weird. And John's just sort of there like, um, I don't mean to be a prick, but <laughs> I kind of thought that was for me. <laughs> also, it kind of like says seal this marriage like with a kiss or something. Did you just marry your mom? <laughs> Did you involve me in this so you could legitimately marry your mom without raising too much suspicion to the like, moment? It's like I don't want to, you know, detract from this. I'm not going to say lovely because it's not. It's weird, mother <laughs> daughter moment. But um, again, as the groom. And as it's my wedding too, I really did think that that kiss was for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't feel I'm a bad guy for saying that. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I know, I know I've been a bad guy in the past, but I feel here I'm kind of justified. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know what, John, you are. I don't think this is fucking weird. <laughs> the first kiss from Army. Ooh, What's wrong with you? 
what's wrong with you? Mr. Lawrence is there, so Laurie's grandfather. And usually mm-hmm. Laurie does everything in his power to antagonise his grandfather. And Mr. Lawrence says um, something along the lines that if you're going to get more, uh, married, married Laurie, if you're going to get married, Laurie, you should get married to one of the March girls. And Laurie is just like, I'll do my best to gratify you, sir. Um, so time moves on Amy's been trying to improve her artistic talents and so she goes to like art classes with other nice young ladies Mm. and she wants to do a party and basically take um, the ladies on like a carriage trip around um, local areas to use like inspiration for paintings and she wants to put on a lovely lunch and she kind of like wants to do all these things that are kind of a bit out of their price range and everything but she wants to do it for all these nice rich young ladies so her mum's like we'll just help you pull it off it'll be fine and um, so she has to go and get something to make for the lunch and they yeah. decide a lobster salad would be nice. But um, <laughs> unfortunately, a- Amy has to... Well, remember lobster's a bit common back then. Oh, yeah. But it, it will dress up nicely. Um, Amy wants um, has to go and get it herself. But usually, uh, you know, you'd send Hannah or someone to go pick up something obscene like a lobster. But um, yeah. she's got it in her basket and she's on her way home on the omnibus when she bumps into one of Laurie's friends. Oh. And so she's frightly, frightfully embarrassed that he might notice this basket and see her running her own errands. And um, there's this old woman on the bus who Amy kind of like distances herself from the basket, so it kind of seems like it's the old woman's basket. And yeah. the old woman goes to get off first, and she kind of knocks the basket, and this massive lobster comes flying out. <laughs> Literally. And um, Laurie's friend is like, sorry, I had a surplus of saliva then. Um, Laurie's friend um, is like, oh, she's forgotten her dinner. I must help her, and goes to like and poke the lobster back in the basket to give to her. And Amy's like, oh no, it's mine, and it's frightfully embarrassing and um he apparently has quite good breeding and he's like oh it does look a tremendous beast doesn't it and um she goes think of all the lovely ladies that are going to be dining on it yes i've got the power back good 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 (laughs) why is amy our dog tilly she is oh tilly would have caught the lobster in midair and ripped her apart and be very happy (laughs) tilly Tilly wouldn't have oh yeah no tilly does have shame Mm. oh yeah she does oh quick little side note um when i was um staying with my parents a little while ago um tilly uh, their dog had really bad diarrhea and so um, a little side note um if a dog has um a dog has uh secretion grease gland things in its anus and when it passes normal poos that also squeezes the um, grease out but if they have diarrhea that doesn't put enough pressure on there so the grease um uh, bits uh, can get clogged up and so you need to have them uh, manually drained so uh, she basically had compacted uh, anal glands so we had to take her to the vet and the neighbour was there talking to us as we were pulling out the drive and he doesn't half like to yabber on so we're yeah. like anyway we've got to go, got to take Tilly to the vets and he was like oh is she alright and the mum was like oh she's had diarrhoea and she's got impacted anal glands and Tilly was literally in the back like oh stop it I don't discuss your affairs with people and she was frightfully embarrassed and very annoyed <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh! Tilly is such like a prim and proper little lady. Like it did upset her. It really did. She was really annoying. So like, you told Ian about my bottom. That's so frightful. This is where the podcast just descends into chaos, and you real and you all realize we're not just interesting people with like you know leftist views. We're just mm. really obsessed with our parents' dog. <laughs> really, really obsessed. I want her. Anyway, um, so, good. so it's the day of the party. It's all prepped for 12 girls coming and only one girl shows up. Oh, poor Amy. Yeah, literally. And so there's this one girl getting dropped off by the carriage and Joe can like see her walking up the path of the house. And he's like, and she's like, it's obscene to present a lunch for 12 girls to one girl. Get it out, get it out, get it out. And like hide it, hide it, hide it. And so they kind of like hide it so it doesn't look so ridiculous. And then Amy goes on like the nice day with the other girl and looks at all like the different sites and stuff. And also there was something like she wanted to like hire a carriage for them to be driven around, but they couldn't afford it. So she has to like drive the cart herself. But she's like, it's fine, fuck's sake. <laughs> and, um, so I she mean, comes. Yeah, thing that's cooler. Yeah, and then she comes back and the other girl doesn't eat a lot and then goes off and like, thanks for the nice day and everything. The other girl's fine, she's really sweet. Yeah. And um, her mum's like, um, oh, I'm sorry that it was a failure. <laughs> and Amy was like, it wasn't a failure on my part. I did everything I could to uh, pull it off. And you, thank you all very much for helping me like prepare everything. Um, but I would appreciate if no one mentioned it for at least a month. 
And uh, Amy, when she was planning it, she kind of called it like a fate. And um, this is no one mentioned it for months afterwards. No one brought it up. But every time the word fate was mentioned, everyone was a bit like, eh. and Laurie <laughs> for um, Amy's birthday got her a tiny coral lobster in the shape of a charm for her watch. Fuck off, Laurie. <laughs> he is funny, funny. though. He is funny. <laughs> Of it, like see it like oh his birthday's coming up i'm gonna get her a lobster i'm gonna get you a lobster <laughs> you should get a lobster and it should be funny and it shall make you laugh <laughs> she's such a cunt Laurie. <laughs> but yeah but you are funny yeah you are really funny um joe's it's um, that white charm he gets away with fucking everything he gets away with fucking murder but damn it he keeps making me laugh damn it he's so funny <laughs> but again so let's remember these characters are constructed. So they're giving like all these funny little quips to Laurie. They're not giving them to Joe or anyone. Like, oh, Joe's not that funny. It's Laurie. Jo- Laurie's hilarious. Laurie's so it's hilarious. Been, it's been a chosen to give like the funny quips to the white. Also, it's yeah, and also, would we view it in the same way? Like, if if Joe had been the one to give that, all right, Joe, being that's bitchy. really unsensitive. Joe, yeah, that's not nice. Laurie's like, oh my god. So funny. You're so clever. And that's because Joe's a woman, so she must be sensitive and kind at all times. Like again, when Laurie like did the fake love letter thing and Joe was like, that's not fucking funny. And Laurie like, just a little bit. (laughs) To be fair, it was really funny. Uh, So um Joe's been uh selling her stories to the newspaper. It was the newspaper that was called the Spread Eagle, I think. Again, you people frustrate me. (laughs) So Joe, um, after this as well, instead of like just selling her little short stories, she's been writing a big book. And this whole yeah. chapter is quite boring, but it's basically like her editing it and her father basically saying, oh, it's quite like commercial and not really you. And this kind of choice, does she make it commercial to sell more? Or does she, you know, she like not make it like that sellable, but be more true to herself? Mm-hmm. And um, she kind of decides to be more commercial and she gets it published and she gets paid quite a lot. But um, she uh, gets like just like normal criticism off the launch of it. And she's like, oh, I wish, you know, I'd like fully be myself or, you know, not done it at all because people are like kind of reading into it and criticizing things that aren't reflective of me. Um, she, yeah. she was like, so it's kind of a bit weird to get feedback on it you're like yeah i didn't really like that either so it's kind of like this whole thing like you know do you know do stuff for money or stay um loyal to self but you know she doesn't have that much money and she's got some bad she earned like 300 quid from it which back then that's a lot. dollar yeah. yeah she could probably buy a house yeah before this um she had money from her other stories in the paper and she takes beth to the seaside um and oh, hoping that you know it'll kind of like nice. well she's hoping it'll kind of like you know make her look a bit better and everything and uh, beth comes home and she doesn't look as uh, rosy as could be desired Mm. Oh, Beth. Um, Meg is now married and living in her house with John. And uh, it says, John should find home a paradise. Uh, this is kind of what Meg thinks her home should be like. He should, al- he should always see a smiling face, should fare sumptuously every day and never know the loss of a button. I've actually written bottom, but I meant bottom. Too <laughs> <laughs> fair. Don't give your husband diarrhea. Yeah, like, exactly. Just... Lost me ass. Um, but her paradise was not a tranquil one, for the little woman fussed and was over-anxious to please and bustled about like a true Martha. Like, oh, Meg, you silly woman. Just every... <laughs> Take this author and just put her in the bin, because she's Literally. annoying me. So annoying. Oh, do you remember the Hummels, uh, the dead baby that um, nearly dead killed Meg? Dead baby family, they... yeah. Yeah, dead baby family. Um, Meg employs um, Lottie, the oldest daughter, as her, her maid. So, little link up. <laughs> <laughs> so. it's just it's it is like the kind of thing it's like because obviously that's kind of like oh isn't that nice and it's like mm. it's just like white saviorism isn't it so i'm like yeah. i'm so good i help this poor family by me by paying them to do my my work yeah. for me it's like oh wait till you hear what lottie does so um yes she meg like is trying to like you know do all the cooking and everything but sometimes she yeah. gets like her quantities wrongs uh wrongs wrong and she cooks like way too much or you know it fails and um she sends lottie back um like with failed um recipes and stuff she's like just take this to your family i'm not saying okay <laughs> get out of the house don't let john see um it says uh yeah for uh, about John and the food. The poor man was put through a course of bread pudding, hash, and warm warmed over coffee, which tried his soul. Although he oh, bore fuck it off, with... John. Why don't you make I... your own goddamn food? Literally, although he bore it with praiseworthy fortitude. Like, thank you, Meg. It's lovely. Fuck off, John. No, you don't. Don't, don't be get so patronising. 
if like yeah. you don't like the food, cook your own fucking food. Yeah, poor man having all his food made for him. And then um, Meg says she's going to try to make currant jelly. And uh, so John's like, that sounds lovely. And the next day um, goes off to work and she keeps trying to like make it gel as she puts it. And she keeps reboiling it and re-sugaring it and re-straining it, but it won't fucking set. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there, Meg. We've all, We've all been, been there. <laughs> And she says she wants to run home. This bit I thought was a bit fucked up. She wants to run home and ask her mum to come and help. But John has said to her, and she'd agreed, that um, they were never going to annoy anyone else with their private worries. I don't know. That just kind of like seems like... That's some very like controlling shit coming out. You find all your solutions in me. And if there's a problem, we'll solve it at home. Don't let anyone else know. I don't know. It just seems like really like shutting her off from like her connections. Yeah, it's like it's completely... Like... No, there's no way that's acceptable. If you are having actual marriage problems, like I mean, fun thing, fucking jelly, yeah, go go, go talk to your mum. Like also, yeah. just on the jelly thing, well, he doesn't fucking help out with house stuff anyway. He's like, don't annoy anyone else, just do it all yourself. Well, it's all fucking well for you to say don't annoy anyone else when you don't do anything. Literally, like, okay, I won't worry anyone else, and I won't fucking do jack shit. Literally, um. <laughs> It's a bit, a bit funny. But like, for context, now in the first flush of the new life, she had often said, my husband shall always feel free to bring uh, a friend home whenever he likes. I shall always be prepared. There shall be no flurry, no scolding, no discomfort, but a neat house, a cheerful wife and a good dinner. John, dear, never stop to ask my leave. Invite whomever you please and be sure of a welcome from me. Oh, Fuck sweet off. summer child. <laughs> sweet summer child. Um, Can so, you imagine just like people coming around like uninvited, like what? Mm. Fuck, <laughs> Fuck off. So John um, is like, oh, that's charming, and John quite glowed with pride to hear her say it, and felt what a blessing it was to have a superior wife. Oh, fucking subservient off, John. one. Yeah. <laughs> No, it, that's a superior it, it, one. It is it is rude to bring people home without letting the people that live there know first. It exactly. Is rude, John. So obviously, um, Megs is in a massive flap with the jelly, and uh, this is the night John has chosen to bring a mate back for dinner. And um, so he comes home expecting to see the door standing open in a welcoming manner. I'm not really sure. I mean, different times, isn't it? <laughs> if the door yeah. was open at my house, I'm like we've been fucking robbed. <laughs> and uh, there's mud on the stairs from yesterday so i'm (gasps) guessing he like gets mud on the steps every night and expects meg to clean it off during the day fuck off john anyway um, the parlor windows were closed and curtained oh yeah and the um, front door's not only shut it's also locked which i just thought was fun like don't fucking come in i'm having a mare i'm having a mare Fuck off, John! So he um goes and he's like, "There's no picture of the pretty wife sewing on the piazza that I thought I'd see, with a distracting little bow in her hair, or a bright-eyed hostess smiling a shy welcome as she greeted her guest." It's the smiling a shy welcome, like like she's a little child. Like, Hello, John. Uh, I think he's called Scott or something. Hello, Mister Scott. Oh, I'm just Meg. I'm so shy of you. It's disgusting. I hate it. It's disgusting. So, what John wants is a is like a sexy dog. Yeah, <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> he wants a dog. He wants a sexy a little sexy dog because he wants it to be hot. But he wants he basically wants a dog, a pet. A yeah, pet with puppy. a nice happy welcome. So and a distracting little bow to just to tease. Wait, this is really weird. So we go to like walk around the back to see what's going on. And um, he, he says he saw nothing of the sort of what he wanted to see. Um, not a soul appeared, but a sanguinary looking boy asleep under the currant bushes. And then that's never addressed again. So just a kid eh? asleep in your garden. Eh? 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 <laughs> so he's like, no one's here but the sleeping boy. Where's my wife? Does he need help? <laughs> Why is... Is this just a crossover? Is this Oliver Twist on his journeys? I have no idea. What happens with Huckleberry Finn? It's not very Huckleberry Finny. Um, Wait, uh, are we going to... Just sort of like be like, I didn't find you in the garden. Then yeah, there's the sleeping child in the bush and I couldn't see you there. Wait, 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 go back. Go back. There's a sleeping child in our garden? <laughs> I'm concerned. <laughs> I think I think we should offer him some unset jelly. Um, literally. So John goes around to the kitchen past the boy and it says Lottie with Teutonic phlegm was calmly eating bread and currant wine for the jelly was still in a hopelessly liquid state while um, Meg had her apron over her head and sat sobbing in disarray. 
So I just like I mean, the idea of Lottie being at the table like, don't mind me, just eating my uh, currant water and bread. Don't mind me. <laughs> just like, get rid of the evidence. Eat all of this, Lottie. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just like Meg though, because we've all been there, Meg, when a bake doesn't come off the way and you just gotta, you just gotta cry. Just gotta and cry. And everyone out. Funny. Yeah, just tell Lottie to eat the evidence. Is that literally what I do with James? Get rid of it! <laughs> Eat it! So um, Meg's like, uh, John's like, what is going on? And Meg says, I've been trying to make the jelly gel all day and it won't gel. And I'm really upset. And John, please, can you just help me? And um, John's like, is that all? Oh my God, just fling it out the window. <laughs> Fuck off, John. Don't make her problems little. Yeah, and then he's like, I'll buy you some if you want for heaven's sake. Just don't have hysterics. I bought um, Jack Scott home for dinner. And Jeg's like, um, Jeg, Meg throws herself down in pure Tilly, our dog style, and goes, oh, no! <laughs> and, um, yeah, flings herself back. And she's like, how could you bring a man to dinner when everything is in such a mess? You should have remembered how busy I was today with the jelly and sent word earlier to me all this morning. And John's like, I didn't have time to send work. And you did say I could bring back and do anyone when I wanted and do exactly as I pleased. And um, Meg's like, well, there's no dinner anyway, so take him away. And I don't want to see him. And um, John says, well, I like that. I sent beef and vegetables home earlier. And pudding. Where's the pudding you promised? Fuck off. That's where I I, I didn't promise anything. You sent it. Yeah. You cook it. You do it. And so Meg apologises. Of course she fucking does. And mm. says that she's um, been busy all day. And she's like, I'm sorry. I've just been so busy. And um, it says John was a mild man, but he was a human. After a long day's work to come home tired, hungry and hopeful to find a chaotic house and an empty table and a cross wife was not exactly conducive to her response or my, of mind or matter. So basically say, when they say, he was a nice man, but he was human. It's like, well, you know, he was a dickhead. <laughs> like, as all like, humans are. Can you imagine, like, I don't give a fuck. Who, like, it really annoys me this idea that a housewife isn't a job. Like, yes, it mm. is. It's a job you don't fucking get paid for. It's like, mm. oh, I've been working all day. Like, what do you think I've been doing? Yeah, literally. I think I've just been sitting. So, um. Joe, um, Joe. Uh, John's basically tries to says it says he tries to smooth everything all over, but he fucks up. So he's like, "It's a scraper, I acknowledge that, but if you will lend me a hand, we'll pull through and have a good time yet. Don't cry, dear, but just exert yourself a little bit and fix up something for us to eat. We are both as hungry as hunters, so we show sharp mind what it is. Give us cold meat and bread and cheese. We won't ask for jelly." And Meg's like, "I'm not ready to fucking laugh about the jelly yet, mate." <laughs> So that um, joke just falls flat on its ass, and she's like, "It's like just like a man to propose a bone and vulgar bread and cheese for dinner when you have company. I won't have anything of the sort in my house." And so she tells him to take him up to her mother's and to tell him that she's sick or dead. She doesn't give a fuck. But you can both go up there and laugh at me now. Get out! <laughs> and she throws get her out. apron on the floor and just runs up to her room, presumably without rats. That's um, that's Joe's stuff. <laughs> she's just like I wish Joel's rats were here they were yeah. very comforting in these times they are it's okay um, you know how like the mice help um, Cinderella yeah. that's the rats they're like they we can do it we can do it we can make the jello jelly <laughs> we can do it so um, later we um, Meg comes friend our Maggie <laughs> Meg comes downstairs and um, she finds out that John and um, Jack Scott I think his name is have got themselves some food from the larder like, was it really that hard? Although Meg says, it says she's found traces of a promiscuous lunch, which filled her with horror. So, so they came home and there was no dinner. So they started shagging about. <laughs> that's that's what, a promiscuous lunch. So presumably she found they'd been shagging at lunchtime. So, like, <laughs> so I came down and the kitchen was full of condoms. <laughs> Come on, you could at least try to hide it. <laughs> like, I don't make dinner and you fuck half the street. <laughs> and you fuck half the street and leave your comic condoms in my house. That's not uh, <laughs> You dirty, dirty bastard. This is just like, is this how you get back at me? Like, are you okay? You're like, what's wrong with you? This isn't fucking on. Um, and and no, it is fucking on. That's what he's doing. He's fucking on the kitchen table. <laughs> yeah, you took it too literally. Um, so Lottie's there and she's like, eh. And she's like, yeah, they, they, they had lunch, <laughs> in inverted commas. And um, John told me to throw all the jelly away, which I 
think's rude. That is rude. I think rude. that's rude. That's really yeah. rude. Yeah. So anyway. Also, jelly, um, je- jelly is salt. Jelly is salver. Salger. What's the uh, word? Salvageable. salvageable. And also, it could have been turned into some kind of delicious drink. <laughs> and Cordial. also, like, even if it is fucked. Like if it, like if you made a cake and you put a lot of time into it and it was burnt to a crisp, but you weren't quite ready to like put it in the bin yet because you were still upset with it, and you came yeah. down, your partner put it in the bin, you'd be like, "Hey!" And also, the least you could come... do is eat it and pretend it was nice. <laughs> exactly. Also, I come back to the point: it was salvageable. At this point, it's cordial. Cordial yeah. is nice. And also, you are not in a position to be wasting stuff. No, you're fucking not. We're recovering after a war, John, and you don't have that much money. Anyway, sorry. Throw John. Let's go into it. <laughs> So angry it says John. I'm angry with John. It says John was initially annoyed at the whole thing, but after waving fuck his friend John. goodbye, yeah, fuck off. Are you gonna write? After waving his friend goodbye, he was in a milder mood. Poor little thing. It was hard upon her when she tried so hardly to please me. She was wrong, of course. <laughs> Men's answer to everything. I but am she... right. I am man. I am man. But then she was young. I must be patient and teach her. As if you know how to make jelly. And fuck off. <laughs> It's not a fucking German lesson. It's jelly, you piece of shit. You little cunt. He's such a droomer. Droomer? Groomer. And yeah. um, he basically resolves, like, I shall go in and be very kind and calm, but quite firm, and show her where she failed in her duty to her spouse. Like, Sorry, I, I thought I thought it was husband no. and wife, not dad and daughter. Like Literally, or man and servant. Yeah. A personal chef. Um, however, Meg is upstairs, you know, giving herself a little pep talk, and she's like, I shall be calm and kind, but also firm in his duty to his spouse. <laughs> Destroy yes. him, Meg. Kill him. So they basically both come into the um, living room, expecting like the other one to become like, sorry, and for them to be like, I accept your apology. However, these are the things that grieved me. However, they both just come in expecting the initial like, sorry, and neither of them give it. So they both just sit there awkwardly like, well, we could kill each other. <laughs> so they're both just sitting in silence. And Meg thinks back to some marital advice her mother gave her before she got married. And this bit is so fucked up. So it says, her mother said, John is a good man, but he has his faults and you must learn to um, see them and Compromise bear with them. them. Mm. Compromise. But, yeah. don't, but don't worry about it. He won't compromise with any of oh, your no, faults. Oh, no, no, no. You must bend. You have well, to wait. change. Wait until she says why she must bend. Um, he is a very decided um, man, but he will never be obstinate, obstinate if you reason with him kindly and do not oppose him impatiently. Like dealing with a petulant child. Literally. literally like, if they're wrong, tell them they're fucking wrong. Kind, yeah. patient. Don't tell them they're wrong. They get very upset. Very, very upset. He has a temper. Not like ours, one flash and then all over, but the white still anger that is soul, uh, that is seldom stirred, once kindled, is hard to quench. Be careful, very careful, not to wake his anger against yourself, for peace and happiness depend on keeping his respect. What, um... Sorry, can we go back to his terrifying anger? Is he going to kill her? Literally, and that his anger comes in one quick hot flash and then is all over, and is seldom stirred, so be careful if you awaken it. And it says, um... Be the first person to ask pardon if you both are and guard against no. Um, <laughs> no, and guard against the little peaks and misunderstandings and hasty words that often pave the way for bitter sorrow and regret. Fuck off. Like, it sounds like he's free- like she has to take responsibility for everything and pander to him to keep him happy or he'll probably smack her in the fucking face. That's what it sounds like. Uh, and this is literally what women are like taught and they're taught like oh you know if your husband does smack you about and stuff just grin and bear it because well that's life for a woman isn't it like it's life that's just normal so if a woman gets smacked around grin and bear it if her husband comes home to an uncooked dinner (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i just read the next line so um meg basically thinks her her anger looks childish now compared like Today, I'm pretty pissed off. He looks fucking childish. He can't make dinner. He can only make lunch. It's embarrassing. Well, this is the thing. She's like, well, my anger looks childish because, you know, I'm just annoyed, but I can sit with that. John might kill us all. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this whole thing of like, well, I'm angry and that's so, you know, it's annoying, but it is what it is. Yeah. But man is angry. He might murder everyone. <laughs> that's an issue. Like, And, and so after this revelation... After this revelation, she goes over and gives him a kiss on the head, like, she make up? And he's like, oh, yes. <laughs> what the fuck? Run. Run, Meg. Run. Fucking run. run. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> yeah. Um, he says he'll never mention the jelly again. And um, Meg basically invites Mr. Scott over another night by personal invitation. And she cooks some lovely dinner and is the perfect hostess all night. What a lovely little servant she is. Right. Fuck off, John. Oh, but Meg isn't done she being a... She poisoned the food. Did you kill them all? No, she's not done being a naughty little wife, Katie. Oh, she's got much to learn. <laughs> Sorry. Uh... John likes to keep all his accounts in order. I'm going to go through this quite quickly. Um, but Meg um, obviously like pays for other stuff because John's out working all the time and she has to run the house. So yeah. um, she has her own little jotter and once a month um, she gets um, John to look over it um, with her Paris. and to see you know, what she's spending. Da, da, da. Um, however... Uh, it's the first time that she's kind of been in charge of like you know a considerable amount of money they're still poor but you know more money than she's used to and yeah. she's like started buying herself like odd little trinkets and oh my gosh they've added up quite fearfully and, um, so she's really scared of like showing um, John the book to show how much she spent and um, why is this childish relationship like I know he says off. that he so it goes John never asked to see her private expenses book but she always insisted on doing so and used to enjoy his masculine amazement at the queer things women bought you want a bustle what's a bustle oh you're funny what's a bustle woman. darling a bonnet <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, it's, but it's also like I, I get you know he does never ask to look over it and she insists like mm. okay I'll give him that he's not asking to look over mm. it but like it's this idea, like you know, like it hits his money. And it's like no, no, no. She's your housewife. Power. Like it's your. She's she's uh, that is her money mm-hmm. that she's spending. I don't care if you've earned the money from the big boss. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. A housewife doesn't get paid. Therefore, that is her money, her wage. Yeah, and they should. Oh, this is the other annoying thing. Okay, I'll come to this in a minute. So um, she's like. John, I'm really, really sorry. Like, I, it just got away with me and it all added up. I'm really, really sorry. And he's like, Christ, all right. He's like, don't go and hide. I won't beat you if you've got a pair of killing boots because he's kind of glanced out. Again, I don't fucking know what killing boots are. There's so many, like, extra things I in mean, this book. I'm like, kind eh. of scared about the fact they're killing boots. What <laughs> you planning? <laughs> You're going to kill... Yeah, he sees that. I bought killing boots. Well, I'm not going to pull at this thread. <laughs> like, I see you've bought killing boots. I will not question the price. I will question the purpose. <laughs> yeah, why? we got these Meg so he's like um, uh, I won't beat you if you've again I won't beat you if how about I won't beat you full stop yeah like going back to that what will you beat me at you know just yeah. so I know just so I know I know where the lines are yeah <laughs> like I just, I just like to know like I'm very scared I'd like to know there's a slap coming so yeah, yeah. I won't beat you if you got a, a a pair of killing boots I'm rather proud of my wife's feet and I don't mind paying eight or nine dollars for her boots if they are good ones and basically that's like one of the cheaper purchases and just one of the most recent ones and she's like ah! eight or nine dollars <laughs> I spent 50 pounds on silk for a dress <laughs> Like, or $50. <laughs> and um, he's like, oh, right. And um, she basically says, it's really hard when Sally Moffat is buying all this nice shit and I'm tired of being poor. And um, let's just reflect. Before Meg was married, she had a job. Like, let her yeah, work. Literally. Like, let her carry on. And then, you know, she can spend her money on whatever the fuck she wants. Literally. So anyway. John feels really bad because he's been working really hard and has been going without so he can give Meg more. So um, it's that typical thing of like, um, oh, he's not even angry. He just looks really, really sad. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. But it's just literally like, well, I want to have more things. So I guess I'll go get a job. No, you're my housewife. Yes, do Earn more money. Yeah, I'm away then, so <laughs> easy solution. So yeah. she feels really bad, and the next day she goes over to Sally Moffat, who's got, she's gotten some more social tact, she didn't used to have much, and basically asks um, if she'll buy the silk off her for her own dress, and Sally's like, of course, that's fine. And then um, John basically, his coat or something was a bit fucked, and he hasn't been buying it because he wants Meg to have more money, so um, Meg goes and buys the coat. And again, you've overspent loads, and he was making do without the coat, maybe just give him the money back. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, a nice he, gesture it's a nice gesture so um yeah john comes home from work and meg's there in his new coat like do you like my silk dress and he's like oh meg you darling and it says they were so enraptured that basically they got instantaneously pregnant <laughs> i'm going <laughs> nice, to fuck you a good. nice coat will do that <laughs> well everyone likes gifts so we skip to when um meg and john are having the babies and they have uh, boy and girl twins lovely yucky and um, this is weird. So um, Amy says um, he he is to be named John Lawrence and the girl Margaret after mother and grandmother. We shall call her Daisy so as not to have two Megs. And I suppose the Manny will be Jack unless we find a better name. So like literally, like, we're going to name this them this, but never call them that. 
Do you know what a name is? And you're like, we've called her this, but then we thought it wasn't actually a great name. That's when you choose a different name. Yeah, it's like... You know, supposedly the one you call her by now. Yeah, like... (laughs) So um, they're basically like, oh yeah, so we'll call the boy Jack, because lol, who calls them by their real names? And um, Laurie is like, um, oh, I know, you should call him Demi John, because he's named after John, and then call him Demi for short. And it's like, and that's what they called them, Daisy and Demi. I, I thought you were joking. What? Laura's like, that's a terrible name. I'm I'm the funny guy, remember? Yeah. I make silly funny. jokes. Yeah, yeah, don't take what I'm saying seriously. Yeah. Um Okay, 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 I I'll I'll wrap up after this bit. So Amy and Joe basically go out there. Amy's like, we have to go calling on the neighbours and like, you know, see how everyone's doing. And they leave business Fuck cards off. if no Yeah, no, they leave business cards if no one's in to say, Oh, we visit. And there's something that goes down, like Joe does like an impression of like um these um, girls, they're kind of like bleating lambs or something and um, they kind of get seen and then they're like, those bitches. <laughs> those bitches. <laughs> so there's kind of a bit of a sour taste. Now, um, there's this woman, Mrs. Chester, and she has like a charity fair thing where people sell shit and they all get tables and it's a great honour for the young ladies to be invited to host a table. And um, so Amy gets invited to um, host the arts table and uh, they... So she's doing that. She's organising it. Obviously, Amy's an artist as well. And she makes the table really attractive. She has her own pieces on it as well. And it's all lovely. But obviously, there's like this beef from like the visits. So Mrs. Chester comes over and she's like, I find, dear, that there is some feeling among the young ladies about my giving this table to anyone but my girls, as this is the most prominent and some say the most attractive table. And they are the chief getters uppers of the fair. Getters up of the fair? Yeah, like the hype people. Um, It is thought best for them to take this place. I'm sorry but I know you are too sincerely interested in the core in the cause to mind a little personal disappointment and you shall have another table if you like Fuck so, off. it's my table yeah and it looks nice because Amy's got her stuff on it and she's made it really attractive like that's the reason it's nice and she's put yeah. loads of work into it but Amy's like okay can't cause a scene um that that that's fine (laughs) and she's like but maybe you don't want me to have another table at all and she's like no it's fine and basically it's really hot summer and so she's like you can have the flower table and no one buys flowers because they just instantly wilt and amy's like brilliant brilliant and then um may who's one of the girls that's going to take over the table she feels a little bit bad and she's like um maybe you could take your art over to your table because um amy's art's really nice and she's like now you're slagging off me art all right i'll just fucking take the lot and she just kind of like sweeps her art off the table like it's yours it's fine yeah you take it it's brilliant have fun may i hope you have a really good time (laughs) (laughs) and um she's like okay but she does it a bit more dignity than that because she's a reserved young lady um so yeah she takes her funny just to be like have you a fucking great time may (laughs) yeah so um yeah amy goes and sets up the new table but it's not as good um all the flowers are wilting and she's having like a hard time keeping it all together joe kind of like hears what's gone on and she's like those bitches those (laughs) bitches (laughs) what is this Uh, oh it also says any girl reader who has suffered uh, like afflictions will sympathize with amy for um and wish her well through her task like surely it's any person not like or is it because girls always have to do things for themselves and, like, men would have it done for them? They wouldn't have to set up a new table with wilty flowers. Literally. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't fucking know. Just a bunch of pricks. And, like, I, I mean, I sympathise with Amy because they were mean to her. Yeah. And then also punched them in the throat. So. Oh, yeah, punched them all. So the next day, um, it's the fair. And um, Amy can overhear uh, the May at the um, arts table basically saying, no, it's too bad. There's no time to like um, fill up those spaces. And I don't want to fill them up with odds and ends. The table is really beautiful and perfect and complete. And now it's completely spoiled because like, Amy's taken her things over to the flower table. And so yeah. Amy takes all her art back to the art table. And she's like, it belongs here, really. It doesn't really like, you know, go with my flower table. So here, have it. And May's like, thank you. And Amy's like, yeah, get fucked. she's like it's fine it's fine i'm a bigger person it's fine (laughs) so yeah so she goes back over to um her table and all she's got is wilty flowers and she's like fucking great so laurie drops by on the fair and joe's like everyone's been a cunt to amy go and buy all her flowers (laughs) 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 and laurie's like my rich mates are stopping by soon we will buy every flower and like camp out by her table and just be like we love amy That is really funny. Go and be Joe's nice. Like, okay. <laughs> Joe's like, thank you. Yes. She's like, you're rich. Buy them. You're rich. Go be nice. 
And so they all go to her table and like buy everything. And Joe like takes this opportunity because uh, May can see like everyone's like around that table. And Joe goes over to see what's happening on the art table. And she noticed that all of Amy's things are gone. And she thinks May's like hidden them. And she's like, that bitch. And so she's like, I was um, thinking about buying some of Amy's art for father. Um, is it around? And May's like, no, um, it's all sold. I made sure people saw, saw it because um, May feels really bad. And yeah. um, she's like, um, Amy's um, table seems to be um, going quite well. And um, <laughs> Joe's like, yes, the boys love the flowers. That's why all the boys are at Amy's table. No boys here. <laughs> and, I mean, you went over with good intentions, Joe, but then to be like, you don't have any boys. Literally, at you, it like... becomes so toxic. Yeah. Um, and then, um, so Joe goes over to Amy's table and she's like, May's actually sold all your art. It's gone really well. Like, she has got your back a little bit over there. She does feel bad. And Amy's like, oh my God, boys. Get out! Go buy everyone's things on everyone's tables! Go, rich boys! Go buy! Go, rich boys! <laughs> and the rich boys like, yes, ma'am! <laughs> have you seen, um, have you seen, oh, what's it called? Um, Inside Out? It's the one with, like, ha- like the emotions. Like, the emotions, sad yeah. And disgust. Do you remember the bit? And it just makes me think of that, like, when, um, so, ha- so Joy gets thrown out of, like, headquarters and she has to get back up there. Yeah. But she can't get her back up there. But then she, like, strolls into Imagination Land and there's a place where it's, like, imaginary boyfriend generator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she like, just... Looks, I'm like, emotional. And, like, I'm from Canada. And it's just <laughs> the best. And then it's just, like, she makes, like, a hundred of them to, like, like stand on each other's shoulders so she can, like, reach headquarters, basically. Yeah. And there's, like, this massive boat and they're all, like, for <laughs> and I just get the image that these rich boys are all like, for Amy! For the March girls! So, yeah. Just because like, they're they... like all these like, faceless blobs that look a bit like Laurie, just with pockets of gold. <laughs> like, yay, we don't have personalities, we're rich boys! We're rich boys, we'll buy everything! That is pretty much what happens. And so the um, fair is like a roaring success, and obviously it's a roaring success because of Amy, really. And, um, and yeah. so no one can really ignore And rich like, boys. And rich boys that have been manipulated by Amy. <laughs> For Amy! For Amy! Um, or not even manipulated. They've done it of their own. They're happy to do it. Um, yeah. With the hope that maybe, you know, they'll get closer to Amy. Anyway, um, so we're going to come to the end here, but, you know, a bit of a foreshadowing for next time. So um, Amy has done very well. She's very well respected within society. And Aunt March is like, this is pleasing me. I'm planning a big old trip round Europe. Come. And um, Amy's to like... Fair. That I shall. <laughs> so, that I shall. That I shall. So it ends with Laurie dropping Amy off at the big boat that's going to take them, I think, to England first, I can't remember. Um, and um, look, Amy's like, you will take care of the family because there's always this like foreboding thing of like, Beth, she don't look so good. <laughs> so, Beth is like, uh, questionable. Yeah, so she's like, you'll take care of them all for me. And Laurie's like, of course I will. And if anything happens um, afterwards, I will come and find you and I will comfort you. And she's like, oh, well, you know, all right. <laughs> oh, well, you know. All right, I kind of thought you'd get it with my sister, but uh, okay. Okay, all right then. And uh, so that kind of ends with her leaving on the boat. We'll <laughs> leave it there, lads. If you aren't following us on social media, do. Then do. You can find us by literally typing on classical into any of them. We're also on TikTok now. Oh yeah, so, we yeah. should we do something on there. Yeah. Yeah. Come get involved. We're also on Instagram, on Twitter. We have an email. No one's going to email. <laughs> no one's going to email. Um, we're also on Patreon where you will yeah. actually receive fun things, and which is especially exciting at the moment if, like myself, well, like everyone, we're all in mm. lockdown, mm. but you've been spending, spending, spending a bit like me because you're like, it's something to fucking do. It's something to do. So, I mean, you'll get sent something in the post, which, you know, that fills a hole in your day in lockdown. It does. And there is more content on there to fill extra holes in your oh empty, God. empty life. <laughs> your empty lives are going to be so filled with our voices. Lucky you. Lucky you. Or, and you get all our episodes also a day early. You lucky, lucky people. <laughs> lucky day. You get to fill your hole a day early. <laughs> there you go. You're like, well, on that note, have a good one, guys. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Bye.